0: Everybody and welcome again to Podbee With You. This is Paige from the Congregational Church of Batavia.
1: Unless it's your first time. Yes, welcome for the first time <laughs> to Podbee With You. We are always this pedantic, or at least I am. I'm Aaron from the First Congregational Church of Dundee. Wonderful. It's, Le- it's, it's Lent. lent.
0: It, it is officially Lent, friends.
1: You heard it here first. Unless you were with our services last night, in which case you heard it then. Um, yeah, <laughs> Again, exactly. No, we had a lovely Ash Wednesday service yeah. here, I hear. You did too, oh, with it was also a, lo- a soup a supper. soup supper
0: ahead of time. It was just delightful. If you it. can say that about Ash Wednesday, I think you can. You
1: can. Well, certainly you can. I, I don't mind it either.
0: Yeah. It is
1: a, It was, of course, on Valentine's Day because right. of a fluke of the calendar and it is a funny as i said last night it is a strange and almost romantic thing yeah that valentine's day would be ash wednesday because i mean they they're big things it is about life and death and love and every it's yeah. big questions and yeah. big thoughts and yeah not a subtle day
0: no not by any stretch of the imagination but um but i think such a such a great way to start off a season of journey together. Um, I was really surprised too, given that it was Valentine's day at the number of people who came out. Um, I, I was, I I expected more people to be off doing romantic things on a Wednesday night, right. Eating somewhere delightful or whatever. Yeah. And uh, I was really pleased with the number of people who were able to come out to worship. So it was, it was wonderful.
1: Yeah. Same. I, it it's kind of funny it, yeah I, I wonder if you know how many people said that you know they held up two options and they went well i could go to a to an evening service at church and get reminded that i'm going to die yeah, yeah. or I, <laughs> or i could go out and live yeah and they chose the second one yeah i can't say that i blame them no but for those who were here and made it a part of what uh, of their faith journey i'm i don't know i'm really grateful and yeah. kind of pleased yeah me too uh, so we begin our journey through Lent and you and I are sharing our congregations are sharing a journey probably with hundreds of other Prop, churches. yes, yes. Um, a journey through Lent because we are working with the same series yep. the same worship series that we, uh,
0: that we got from uh, Sanctified Art, which is an amazing organization. yeah they just it, they're really small and um, I think like hundred percent women run and um, they just do the most amazing liturgical work. Uh, really good stuff.
1: They so, do. If you don't know them, again, look up. Look them up. A sanctified art. They are wonderful and really well respected. Yep. And they have put together a series for Lent called Wandering Heart. And it's figuring out faith
0: with Peter. I just, I'm so excited about that. I and, am
1: too, actually. I,
0: I think, it, first of all, I think it's a great different way to look at the Lenten journey to look at it through, through Peter's eyes. Mm. But Peter himself is such a compelling figure. Uh, I said in my, my little reflection last night for Ash Wednesday, that of all of the characters we meet in the new Testament, Mm -hmm. especially those that are apostles, he's the one that I'm probably gravitate to the most. Mm. I get him. He's so flawed and so delightful and so human. Um, I, I just, I, I love it.
1: Yeah, he's going to be a very fun person to spend the next six weeks with. Yeah, he is. And he is a, he, it, it's fun in part because of who he is. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. But he also is part of very important moments. Yes. Uh, when big things are happening, it tends to be that Peter's there. And the Peter, even in these little snapshots we get, the Peter, the, Glimpses of Peter's personality that we piece together, as you said, are delightful. Yeah. He is enthusiastic, authentic, somewhat impulsive. Um, it, a little bit of act first, think later. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> um if you remember uh, last week, we were talking about the transfiguration, and I love that line when Peter says, and then Peter said, Lord, it is good for us to be here. Let us, and then, and it is almost snarky aside, the author yeah. says, for he did not know what to say. They were
0: terrified. And he they were terrified.
1: And so I love that. They were terrified and he didn't know what to say. That never stopped Peter from nope. saying something. <laughs> he is the first to call Jesus the Messiah yep. of the, and to say, We think you're the Messiah. And in this, in the next breath, he's the one that Jesus has to take aside and rebuke for saying, don't talk like this. We'll get through it. We'll win it when he tries to rebuke Jesus, when he says he's going to have to die. You know, so he's the one that swears up and down that I will never Never. deny you. Smash cut to I deny you three Three times. times. Right. But he's also the one that Jesus forgives and welcomes back. There is something about Peter that Jesus loves yeah. and respects yeah. and trusts, right? Yeah. Peter is, or Jesus has a lot of faith in Peter. Yeah, uh, Peter is always the one who thinks, it nah, couldn't possibly be me," and then Jesus said, "No, yes." It's going to be you. And then Peter says, well, then I'm all in, right? We get whiplash from Peter all the time. We'll get this in a calling story for today. But I'm reminded of that time when Jesus is washing Peter's feet. And Peter says, no, you couldn't possibly wash my feet. I'm supposed to wash your feet. And Jesus says, no, I need to wash your feet. And Peter says, well, then my hands and my head also. I know. Right? He's like, just... Then wash all of me.
0: Yeah, it's, it's um, just amazing.
1: He is absolutely all in, except when he's out. But then he's, but then he's back. But yeah. And I love and You know, we kind of came to this conclusion in Bible study today to put it kind of theologically. We love the nature of God that is revealed in Jesus' love for Peter. Yeah. Right. If Jesus is in, even in some way, if not completely debate, people can debate that. God's own self revelation, God showing God's self to us through the person of Jesus of Nazareth, then part of what is revealed about God is the kind of self giving, forgiving, compassionate love that delights in us. Yeah. In our enthusiasm and our our stumbling and our our forgetting and our passion all, and in our Yeah, all in Peter. It. You know that if God can love us the way Jesus loves Peter, then there's hope for then all of okay. us, right?
0: Yeah, that was actually part of my message last night. I, uh, for Ash Wednesday, I I took these two Peter stories that are around the charcoal fire in John, the 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 um, denial three times, and then also the restoration where they're there having lunch on yep. the beach, uh, breakfast on the beach and that was what was amazing to me these two little episodes kind of bookend the breadth and depth of peter's ex- faith experience mm-hmm. and all not all of it is good and yet jesus is there present and loving through it all. Mm. And I, I just, I, it was such a powerful juxtaposition to be able to see that and be reminded of of that amazing uh, glimpse into the heart of the divine. Uh, it was really cool.
1: And it subverts a lot of the myths we've been told about our faith needing to be perfect yep. and constant and successful. Yes. And a lot of these other things because he is imperfect. He is inconstant. <laughs> right. And he is... And he fails
0: regularly. Regularly,
1: yeah. and he is beloved, yeah. and forgiven, and welcomed home, and not just tolerated, but celebrated. Yeah, and entrusted with great things.
0: Yeah, that's the other thing too. It you know, on this rock I will build my church. Yes, and then that wonderful story in the in the in the the breakfast at the beach when there's her forgiveness. Uh, Simon, do you love me? Then feed my sheep. He's giving him a very specific job. Yeah. And telling him, I'm entrusting you with this. You with just messed With my beloved, up. Yeah. yes. I have faith that you can do that. It's, a, it's really, I think it's going to be such a fruitful study um, throughout these six weeks. Yeah. How many weeks is it in Lent?
1: It's six, depending on how you count it.
0: Feels like 30. <laughs> exactly. Oh, <Yeah>. God.
1: <laughs> Who had the over-under for week one? <laughs> Jesus Christ superstar. To be uh, fair, I did make a Jesus Christ superstar reference in Bible study earlier today, did. just a few minutes ago. Of so you I, did. we are in this together for better
0: or
1: worse. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Uh, so we should also mention about this series one of the clever layers of this series is that it is framed in part around the hymn come thou fount of every blessing yes and so uh, and, and, and indeed the subtitle to this or the title wandering heart uh-huh. right comes from that bind my wandering heart to thee yep. right which is what peter wants yeah. uh and it can't always happen or it doesn't always happen but it's uh i love it Well, more and more on that but that means that every Week has a sub theme that comes from that, that hymn comes specifically. As well. from, yes, right. Um, and the first is Jesus sought me, Jesus right from sought that.
0: Sought me when a stranger.
1: Yep, wandering from the fold of God. Yep, He to rescue me from danger, bought me with His precious blood, as they say. Um, but the Jesus sought me is the first week in Lent, and it is the story of the calling of the first
0: disciples. Yes, or which, at least. Yep, Luke's version. of the That's exactly of the where I was disciples. going next. Yep. That's
1: exactly it, because every gospel has a version of this story, which yeah. is rare. Uh, the all four gospels don't share much common no material. Uh, not I shouldn't even say material. Common stories, even you yeah. know they tell them radically different. They don't even tell the same stories no. about Jesus' life. But this is one they do, and as I said. They tell it differently. You remember, uh, may remember from a few weeks ago, it was the, the lectionary queued up in the Gospel of Mark, yep. the calling of the first disciples in Mark. And like the rest of the Gospel of Mark, it was cryptic and terse and, and yeah. ur- urgent <laughs> in this strange way. Jesus was wandering one day. And he saw them and he called them and immediately they dropped their nets and followed him and they wandered a little bit longer, saw them, called them, and immediately they lost their nets and they followed him, right? Yep. I will make you fish for people, he says, and immediately that and then immediately they're on to the yep. synagogue and Mary teaching, Market. right? Yep. So if you imagine that as the framework of the story, roughly speaking you have Matthew and Luke both take that story and flesh out that framework yes. in that story. But I I don't even necessarily want to start there because these stories have to stand on their own. And rather than trying to make them all line up and synchronize, because, spoiler alert, they won't really. Oh, yeah, it doesn't happen. Take each of these stories on their own, uh, and I think let's try to let go of our need for these stories to be historical fact and just let all of them tell the story in their own way. Yeah. Right? Um, Because they're told in a different order. They're told at different places in the gospel. They're told with different details, different contexts, different settings. And some, Jesus knows the disciples ahead of time. In other cases, he doesn't. Yeah. yeah,
0: I just looked looked up Mark. Yeah. Mark has the order different has has the same vignettes yes um like you said they're they're fleshed out a little more in matthew and luke but luke has a different order entirely in which these things happen um than mark does
1: so one one immediate example of that is that in the gospel of mark Jesus has just begun his public ministry. The first thing he does is he, after the time in the wilderness and after John is arrested he calls his first disciples. Yep. Then he goes and teaches and heals in the synagogue. Then he goes to Simon mother, Simon's mother-in-law's yep. house, right. To heal her. Right. In the gospel of Luke, Jesus has already been to Simon's mother-in-law's house. Yeah. And knows Simon apparently uh, and so has already healed her. Yep. And so has a presence in this area. And, then it was one day when he was teaching and had already built up a following yep. right the crowds are pressing in on him and he's teaching them and he steps into he borrows Simon's boat to go and teach them just a bit offshore yeah. and then there's a miracle and then there's the call of Simon anyway so let's hear this in the gospel of Luke All right um I think you're up this week to read Oh us. is
0: it is it me? Okay I, don't know. I've I got can it do that here if you want I can do that with my purple bible I'm that sounds I'm prepared wonderful all right, this is actually coming out of Luke 5, 1 through 11, if you if you care to follow along. There it is. Once, while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret, and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore.
1: Let's note real quick. Because we assume this and we use it interchangeably. Simon is, is Peter, Peter. Yes. Right. So sometimes it's Simon. Sometimes it's Peter. Sometimes he's Simon Peter. The, the gospel authors use this interchangeably yes. for a while. But if you wonder why we suddenly started talking about Simon after saying this is Peter's they're story. They're the same guy. They're the same guy.
0: Absolutely. <clears throat> um, and then he sat down and he taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long, but have caught nothing. Yet, if you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so much so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' feet, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching people. When they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. So a much more fleshed out version of this story than we find in Mark, yes. with these wonderful little details um, that specifically center on Simon Peter, yes, um, and and fix him as the central actor in the story alongside Jesus, yes, um, and so uh, just a, a beautiful rendition of of this little tale that we get in small in Mark,
1: yes. What with the miracle in the middle of it? Yep.
0: So uh, Peter's
1: got this whole roller coaster in about eleven verses here. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. Roller coaster. So apparently Jesus, we can infer, is somebody that he already knows at least a bit. He's already. Healed his mother-in-law, yep. for goodness sakes, in within the logic of this story. So this is going to be insufferable and exhausting if I keep referencing how it is in every other gospel every time there's something that is another gospel. So I'm going to stop doing that. And, and let it, this
0: just be it yeah.
1: Right, and, and say that everything here is going to be just everybody understand those caveats that yep. different people tell the story differently, and we are going to deal within the internal logic of the Gospel of Luke and say within this story, he has already he presumably knows Simon has already healed his mother-in-law. And there is, as one of our Bible study members said today, there is something that feels very ordinary about the beginning of this story. That there is a sense of one day, it could have been any given day. It yep. wasn't like immediately after or the next morning, the crowds drove him to the... Bla- right. There is not this causality sense of it. You have this sense of... Uh, he continued proclaiming the message in the synagogues of Judea. And then once while Jesus was standing beside the, it's, it's almost once upon a time. It's it, not yeah, even it therefore, really consequently, yep. this therefore happens. It is. And I'm now, I'm going to tell you another story. Yep. And there was one time when, all right. So you have the sense that time may have passed. Mm-hmm. Um, you have what feels familiar Uh, from other parts of the story, the crowds gathering around Jesus and indeed pressing in on him to hear the word of the God. And you can get a little bit of that crush of the crowd, almost panicky entrapping type feeling that we've gotten from other stories, like in Mark, where they were pressing in on the door and he couldn't leave the house, couldn't escape the house.
0: Right. And this one, I see him caught, backed up against the lake, right? And there's nowhere to go. Um, and it, it, it does feel claustrophobic.
1: And, and Jesus needs to back up. And so he backs up into one of the boats. Yeah. Uh, we can infer that it it he, he knew it was Simon's, but it's not really clear on no. that. He said there was another boat. And I don't know, as way leads on to way, as they say, you always wonder, what if Jesus has gotten in the other boat,
0: right? <laughs>
1: um, but in any case, he got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Now, Simon is presumably busy doing other stuff. Yeah, he's at this cleaning point. his
0: nets. They've been fishing all night. It's the it's the end of the day for them. Again, yeah. I just use quotes that you can't Audio see. Audio medium. But it's, it, it is the end of their work day in a lot of ways. And he's tired. And yet he asks, Jesus asks him to do this favor. And he does. He does. And again, that's our first introduction to the personality of Peter. Yes. And I love it. I love it that he is like, Sure. Let yeah, me do something gotcha. for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's delightful. It's welcoming. It's open. And I think that these are these are things that we'll see in Peter in other places in the story, that kind of openness to the movement of the spirit, to being kind to other people. We're going to see that in Peter in other ways as these stories go on, but we, we glimpse it here right off the bat.
1: You really have a sense that this is a part of his character, yeah. that he's just... This is just how he is. Right. And and maybe to extrapolate, that's part of what Jesus loved. Yeah. Is that this wasn't forced in him. This is how he naturally was. Yeah. And he has this sense of of the kind of guy who would work a night shift and then come home and it had snowed overnight and he watches his elderly neighbor Starting to shovel his, and instead of going inside and going to bed, gets out his shovel or gets out his plow and starts, yep. uh, or his snowblower, and starts helping his neighbor clear his Yeah, driveway, it does have that right? same kind of feel. That it's just kind of, this is what we do for yeah, one another. This yes, is, yeah, this you is can how borrow we my are us go.
0: Yep.
1: Asked him to put out a little way from shore. He sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. So again, he is teaching. He yeah. has been teaching uh unlike in other stories i said i wasn't going to do this but this is an important contrast unlike in other stories right. where jesus seems to appear out of nowhere right and just said follow me i'll help you fish for people and, and, and together we'll fish for people and they just drop ev- drop yep. everything and follow this stranger here he's clearly not
0: no he's made some sort of a connection and the crowds like you said are already beginning to follow him so he's got a reputation of some sort
1: when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. <laughs> how, how you say what, in what tone of voice you say what's next kind of conditions a lot, which I find <laughs> funny. And Simon answered, master, we have worked all night long, but have caught nothing. <laughs> there yep. is a sort of a... Yeah, uh,
0: been there, done yep. that. Yeah, we, we have
1: what? Yes, that's exactly what we tried. But okay, all right. If you think it's a good idea, there's also his willingness here to go along with something, yeah. even if he thinks it's going to be useless. Yeah, that's another element of Peter's faith: is this inherent trustingness? Yeah. Right? Says, so, all right, okay, we'll try it. Sure. I'm exhausted and whatever, but you know what? We'll try it. Yeah. Yet if you say, I will let down the next, when they had done this, and let's pause here and say, I don't think we have to take this miracle story, nor some of the miracle stories we'll hear, so literally. Right. Our spiritual ancestors were not writing literal history.
0: And they knew they weren't.
1: And they didn't mean to. No. They were telling metaphorical, symbolic stories. Right about what a moment meant and the kind of things that would happen that were signs and signals about who these men would become and what this, you know, so call them myths, call them legends. If you need to, it doesn't mean they're untrue or false, but let's not get hung up. So to speak on how did this literally happen? Yeah. The
0: historicity of it all.
1: They caught so many fish that the nets were beginning to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they began to fill both boats. They began to sink.
0: So they began to sink. I and it's such and
1: evocative, symbolic language. It this is. Overflowing abundance, abundance. That is almost out of control. And again. More than they can handle.
0: This is This is Jesus preaching the kingdom. Yes. And this kingdom that is coming is on the cusp, is right here at the threshold, is one of this overwhelming abundance for everyone. So not only does this tie into what Peter and the disciples will be doing and the way that the church will kind of explode uh, in the first century, it's also about, I think, the kingdom itself. This is what God wants for us. Mm. And here it is on display. Um, And so I think it's both of those things at the same time.
1: That's it. And here is Jesus' power for tapping into that. Um, And... This is what your ministry, as you said, will turn into. Yeah. You will be such effective fishers of people that you will soon be overwhelmed. Yeah. Overloaded, almost out of control. Yep. This will be more than you can handle. This will almost take you over. This will sink you, right? That kind of a thing. Um, but that's not the end of the story either.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, it, it, interesting. I just want to remind everybody that Luke is the same author that wrote the Book of Acts, and so we see this explosion of the gospel in the Book of Acts. And I feel like Luke here um, in in the Gospel is kind of foreshadowing that. Is sort yeah. of saying, "This is what's going to happen." And, and which is part of what feel, hap- yeah, yeah,
1: what Peter does in the book of Acts is when Peter starts to preach all of a sudden 3,000 are baptized (laughs) and 5,000 are baptized and so Peter will go on to emulate this so you're right this foreshadows that great abundant overwhelming catch of people that Peter will will someday do in Jesus name so cool when Simon Peter saw it so here's part of his roller coaster (laughs) he fell down at jesus knees or jesus feet saying go away from me lord for i am a sinful man
0: so uh, Pete, that's so peter it is it, yeah first I mean,
1: of all and, and in a way that evokes pretty clearly the response of many of the old testament prophets yep. of the hebrew bible prophets yep. who when they are called by god to this future of leadership Um, with a message for God's people, I have a plan for your life. Here is your calling. They say, no, thank you, please. No, thank you. It can't be me. I'm, you know, you got the wrong guy. I'm sinful. I'm limited. I don't speak well. Nobody likes me. Just pick a different guy.
0: Nobody (laughs) likes me.
1: (laughs) I I might be projecting. A little bit. yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> um, at, which, at which point God always says to them, don't be afraid, and also, yes, you.
0: Yes, and that's exactly what happens here. I love I love the response of Jesus, don't be afraid. Because mm-hmm. he's understanding that that's part of Peter's hesitation. It's not just that Peter doesn't think he can do it. It's that it is such an overwhelming task to speak on behalf of the divine that that's just a terrifying thing. And so the same message that comes through angels when they show up in, in the Gospels and in the Old Testament, the response is always, don't be afraid. Yeah. There's no reason for that.
1: And so to extend this fishing metaphor, right, by doing this great sign... Jesus in a way is like gathering in these disciples and get, and this is Peter trying to wriggle out Yeah, saying, Nope, I don't want to be a part of this. Nope. I I think you got the wrong guy. I shouldn't be here. Don't try to catch me with this. Right. Um, And because it goes, they say that the others are amazed. He and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish. And so also were James and John sons of Zebedee who were partners. So basically he's saying, I see you catching us all up in this moment. Yeah. And Nope. You got the wrong guy. It's not me. He's really resisting this.
0: And what's interesting to me is, is in some ways, he's exactly right. Oh, yeah. As we begin to see Peter be Peter throughout these stories that we will do in Lent, um, and other ones that aren't included, we see that he is completely fallible. He's not wrong. And yet, oh that's it.
1: He's right about himself. He's exactly <laughs> yeah. right about himself. If what you if what you think by having the right guy is someone perfect, yep. constant, totally understands it yep. and will never let you down, then you got the wrong guy.
0: Yeah. And I love it that that what God is looking for is not perfection. No. Um, and aren't we all glad for that? <laughs> yes.
1: That's it. And and so It shows this is one of Peter's maybe first misunderstandings is what Jesus wants of him because he is right about the wrong thing.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. And he will often be right about the wrong thing. Yeah. So, for instance, when he takes later Jesus aside and said, stop talking about how you have to suffer and die. We can win this. You don't have to do this. He is right about the wrong thing.
0: Exactly. Yep.
1: Right. And he, and Jesus says, "You get behind me, Satan. You're setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. And right. it's, you are right about the human things, um, but that's not what I'm thinking about. Yeah. And so you're wrong based on what I'm thinking about. So here's the first place it gets kind of reframed for him, yeah. acting out of that fear. But not just fear of this is a scary thing. There's an element of fear of God. Yep. You're not going to like me if you find out who I really am.
0: Yeah. Well, he's
1: wrong. I mean, he's mostly, he's usually right. Yeah. But in Jesus' case, he's wrong. He's wrong. Um, he's afraid of God. He's afraid of himself. Yep. He's afraid of what I'll do. Um, you know, being called into a relationship and someone says, you don't want to be in a relationship with me. I'm scared, right? <laughs> you don't really want me. Our once Valentine's
0: you, Day tie-in right it. here.
1: Do you, if, once you find yep. out who I am. You don't want to. Yep. Because I'm, I'm afraid of me. I, yeah. I'm afraid I will mess this up. Yeah. I don't want in. And so... Like the angels or the messengers from God or God's self, whoever is doing the calling throughout the Bible, Jesus here is the one, as you said, who offers that angelic messenger response. Do not be afraid afraid. because it's don't let the fear speak, right? Don't lead with your fear. And gets okay. From now on, you will be catching people. When they brought their boats to the shore, they left everything and followed him.
0: That's a great story. Like, it just has everything, has all of the pieces to come together and, and have a complete, beautiful, meaningful message uh, about discipleship, but also about relationship with the divine and who Jesus is and who we are. Um, it, it. it. It works really, really well. I also love that it doesn't have the language of Mark. Uh, and immediately, right? no. There were some steps in between, right? <laughs> and there and and I I like Mark. I like Mark's understanding that everything is urgent and it happens so fast and that there are just some people who drop everything and go, but I also and That like,
1: style is so compelling in its own way. It
0: is. But I also like this, which feels a little more like me. When uh-huh, I'm yeah. like, eh, "Really?" Yeah. And there there are a number of steps in between like the call and the going. Yes. <laughs> and that's okay too. It's okay to do it that way as well. And and I the beauty of the gospels is that they are radically different. And so you get these multiple perspectives of what a life of faith looks like, which just makes more room for all of us. Yes. And I think I think that that is a, a delightful piece of our gospels.
1: Really important. I always wonder, that's one of the classic questions about these calling stories. If they knew how it would turn out, would they have started? Yeah. Right? <clears throat> well, and that's one of those classic romantic ideas yeah. is if I knew where this would go, I would still do it all over again, right? That kind of a, yeah, And I, yeah. I feel like they would answer <laughs> it that way, right? Yeah. Um, I, but I, I love this idea. This also, I should say, it feels very true to life, at least for yeah. me, that they would take this step, and it, but it was only one step. And then they would take another step. And I know it's cliche to talk about journeys like this, but th- they didn't think they were going to be the foremost apostle of a new religion. When he got out of this boat and said, yeah, okay, I'll follow you. He didn't say it wasn't, obviously, because he still seemed to maintain ties. He seems to be implicitly married. Yep. Right. His mother-in-law. Right. Means he has a wife. Right. And it, they travel around the countryside, but usually they're not more than 20, 30 miles away from home, right? right. They, um, he is, this is, maybe I'll do this for a year, right? Yeah. Maybe I'll, do, you know, see where this goes. This was not, I will someday be martyred for this man right. and the faith that he, right? I will not, he's not anticipating St. Peter's Basilica in Rome right. 2,000 yeah. years late. right? <laughs> this is, you say, yes, you start something. And then it becomes something else, becomes something else, becomes and maybe looking back it seems inevitable, but let's for a minute unlearn all that we know about where his journey goes, take that off of it, and just say he was willing to say, All right, I'll 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 follow you. Sure. Right, let's see where this goes.
0: How could this possibly go wrong? (laughs) Yeah. But there yeah, there is a sense in which there is no expectation of what actually will reveal itself and i i do love that that language that it it evolves and it 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 just gets step by step you take another step forward and there's something new and it it isn't that life
1: as i say this as as way leads on to way yes right that's
0: how you go absolutely again i'm I'm compelled here and as I am with the whole series and we've talked about this a little bit already. Yes. What is it about Peter that is so attractive to Jesus? And I think that's an interesting way to think about it too. um, That there's something about us that God truly loves.
1: Oh, I think many of us are drawn to this and delighted by the idea that, in as much as we relate to Peter and see ourselves in Peter, Peter in us, that, I don't know, God might like us the way God likes Peter. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Is that possible? Of course it is. Yes. But what is it about him, I wonder, that is compelling to Jesus, that Jesus looked at this guy and said, I want him on my team. Yes. Even knowing, well, assuming that Jesus had foreknowledge. Again, <laughs> another conversation that we can have. But even knowing that humans are going to disappoint. What I is don't it? think
1: you need foreknowledge for I that. I don't think you, no. We will. We just yeah. know.
0: Um, I wonder what it is about Peter, and I love your uh, suggestion that it's his openness. That sort of like, that first step in where Jesus said, hey, can I borrow your boat? And Peter was like, sure, let's go.
1: And I think there's a childlike quality right. to Peter. Yeah. This idea of, inherently curious yeah and enthusiastic and even zealous and willing to make mistakes and be messy and not be that careful about it all right right careful in the sense of always being half fear bound right yeah there is something about the nature of his orientation to the world his way of moving through the world that jesus said yeah i can work with that yeah that kind of energy yeah um there's a uh, um, saying that I heard from my folks. They didn't make it up, but both educators in their own way. And one of the things that they would say of kids and educators would say of kids is you, you can't push a rope, <laughs> right? If, if there is in a child, there's no energy, if there's no, or in a system or in people, in a family, people are just, Bleh. but you can't do anything with that. No. There's no direction. There's no, right? Right. Um, But if someone's got that kind of energy, I think Jesus can say, well, I can work with this energy. Yeah. Right?
0: I can do something with this. We can can do something amazing here.
1: Willing to to go, to leap, to try, to fail, to be welcomed back, to try again. There's a lot of lessons for how to go about being faithful more boldly, less carefully, more authentically, more enthusiastically that we can find in peter uh, one of the th- you know at, uh, at first congregational church of dundee our our kind of working motto slogan is get together get inspired and get to work
0: you may even be wearing I a shirt that says that right now may even be
1: wearing church merch yep. right now that says get together get inspired get to work which i love and we love and it's so awesome and one of the ways that it really works i think is that though it reads kind of top to bottom in that sequence, or left to right, if you do it horizontally, get together, then get inspired, get to work, it implies that then do this, then do that, yeah. that it is somehow sequential. Right. And it's not. The thing that I love about it is you can put it in any order, and people do. It reads as the first thing you do is get together, come join us, and then you'll be inspired, and then put that inspiration to work. And certainly that's a way of doing this. Right. But I love here that Peter does it absolutely backwards. He does. <clears throat> he does. Right. First, he gets to work saying, can you help out? Yeah, I can help out. And then in I can get to work. Then in the helping out, then he gets inspired. Yep. He sees something that it's inspired. And then last, he gets together. He says, then come and join this thing that we're doing and be yeah. a part of this next thing. So Peter, because he can never seemingly do anything. The normal way, which we have to love him for, doesn't get together, get inspired, gets to work. He gets to work, then gets inspired, and then gets together. Yeah. So this is one example. We're going to have many more in the weeks to come of what it means to walk alongside this wandering heart. Figuring out faith with Peter is the subtitle of the... Yeah. And uh, we, we walk alongside him and watch him try to figure it out the whole way. Spoiler alert, he won't, and then he will, and then he won't. won't, and then he will. And, um, and, and, and yet, as we've said over and over again, there's something so promising, yeah. uh, not just about how it turned out for Peter, but as we said, about the nature of God revealed in Jesus' love for Peter yeah. is something very close to the heart of our faith. Yeah. Um, so the, the, the subtitle this week, that sub theme, right, is Jesus sought me, as we say. Yeah. And so I might pair this a little bit with Psalm 23. Yep. Um, famously, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Right. And I'll dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. Um, in the message Paraphrase the message translation of Psalm 23. That phrase is, Your beauty and love chase after me every day of my life.
0: That's such a great translation.
1: Because it's so tamed down. Yeah. In our surely goodness and mercy shall shall follow me as though they are lovely companions. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that.
0: No. But the word
1: follow is the word for like hunt or track or chase something. Yeah. Right? And I love the the, the ferocity yeah. of that. Of God's love is trying to hunt us down. It is tracking us down. It, it is will track, chasing yes. us after right. us and will get us. Yes, right. We are being pursued by the love of God. Yeah. And I, again, that can sound scary, um, but there's also I love the idea that it's somewhat inescapable if yeah. we if we let it catch us. Right. It's not so much we have to go out and find the love of God is can we let the love of God, God catch find, us?
0: Find us. And yeah.
1: sometimes you do that not by you know. And so make ourselves findable. Put yourself in situations where you can be caught. Yeah. Right. Which gets us back to our fishing metaphor, which is yep. about right. It's chasing love. Is, God's love is goodness and beauty is chasing you every day of your life. Um, will you let it catch you? Yeah. Right. And then what right and
0: Slow down a little bit, maybe. Yep. Yeah, get right? I mean, put yourself... Or just
1: start. Yeah. Start doing something. Yeah.
0: Put yourself right? in those places.
1: Let somebody borrow yep. your boat. Both yeah. Of, that's our plea. We would actually both like to borrow your boat. Yes, If anybody please. has a boat, so that we could actually go... No. Um. <laughs> no, but like, it starts with something very simple, very kind, and... Totally ordinary. Yeah. Hey, can I borrow your boat for a second? Yeah, absolutely. Let's get you like to where you need to be yeah. and, then, and then see where it leads.
0: And then it turns into this thing.
1: So I love that that makes this a real relationship yeah. also, that Jesus needs him for something too first. Yeah. Um, Jesus doesn't just float in and say, and I have a plan for your life. If only you'll say yes. It's like, no, they're just kind of doing stuff together.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that.
1: So I am looking forward to this Lent, this Wandering Heart Lent with Peter.
0: Oh, it should be so much fun. As
1: we said at the outset, it's going to be a really fun guy to spend six weeks with. Yeah, I think so. Anything else for the common good?
0: Uh, Blessed Lent, people. Um, Just uh, Lent can be so unexpected. So just go with it, my friends. (laughs) Whatever it may bring
1: into that. Thank you all for spending this time with us. Uh, We will see you again next week. You got it. Thanks. Bye-bye. Take care.